so part of this case was that the Dexter, Michigan, and like the police that were seeing this UFO. So we got the police that were reporting some of these sightings. So they're legit police sightings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heineck investigated the sightings, and he actually went on a ride with the police. And whenever he was riding around with the police, they were pointing at something in the sky that he could barely see and make out what it was. And they're like, it's moving, it's moving. And they all, all these squad cars met up against a river, got out and started pointing at a thing in the sky and said, look, you see it moving. Y'all see it, right? And Heineck looked at it and was like, that's the star Arcturus. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a dumb cop joke in here somewhere. We just have to find it. Damn Woods, uh, confidential, kind of, sort of. This is actually kind of like a weird fact, almost factual confidential episode where we talk oh, about normal stuff. It's factual. It's definitely real, 100%. Uh, I've got Ted and Joe from the Gaslight Hour, uh, who I know as very, very like serious and mature adults who do UFO research. Yeah. Pretty much. I have so, no other life. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, so how, fellas, how long have you been doing this? I've been reading ufology books for about two years and doing random searches on the internet, which could vaguely be called research because I do mm-hmm. look into FOIA requests. I can't afford sure. to do FOIA requests myself, but it's something I do. Yeah. You end up going through hours and hours of that bullshit and you might find something interesting. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, Ted got me into it about a year ago, I think. What do you think? Year, six months? Maybe anyway, 18 months. Anyway, I'm just a dorky <laughs> research guy. I got him when he was a hardened skeptic. <laughs> I'm good at researching oh, stuff, so I don't know. It just seemed like a good fit, but I'm probably more from the skeptic background. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I'm a true believer. So, this shit's real. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's the realest of real. Yeah. It's also... Uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I've, I've, I've known these two on Twitter for a while, um, and they seem like rational humans, so I was like, come on the show, rational humans, and here we are. And we'll find out if that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we've already, we've already figured it out, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, since you guys are actually serious about this, and you've given me about 30 pages of notes to read. It's 10, goddammit. It's about 300 yeah, pages of notes. We're writing a fucking um, book, Jake, about every single I, podcast episode. I mean, that's fair. That's a reasonable, reasonable time. That's what rational uh, human beings do. That's what that's what people who care about ufology do, goddammit. Hell yeah. Uh, so, we're going to talk about the 1966 Michigan sightings. Yep. Apparently, also known as sub- the Swamp Gas Flap. Which is a ridiculous name. Oh, it, uh, you'll see where it comes from soon. But actually, I'm how about we just start there? For, oh, yeah, sure. Wait, basically, you 1960, 1966 Michigan, there was a series of sightings. There was a whole UFO panic. The media was mm-hmm. going crazy. 
So Jay Allen Hynek was the head, not the head of a Blue Book project. He was Blue one of the contracted researchers in Project Blue Book. He was probably the main researcher. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's disputed over who came up with the conference idea. Either he came up with the idea to give a press conference, or the Air Force came up with the idea. But he gave a press conference and declared the signings were due to swamp gas, which is this phenomenon where swamp gas, methane, a bunch of other things catches fire and it puts off a lot of colors and lights. Okay. And the people yeah, did not take that well. Go ahead. No. Not at all. I would oh, imagine not. They got really pissed because they basically got called a bunch of dumb hicks. Right. Yeah. It looks like from like just from the amount of people listed as witnesses in this, that's that's a lot of people to call dumb hicks. Uh right, and most about of them were or so. And most of them were police officers, and you have to keep in mind, this is the mid-60s, where they respected police officers even more than now. Mm, well, they, they respected police officers is the key word back then. Right. And this was in, this is in Michigan, so. so it's up north. They, so, yeah, yeah. So, from what, from what the notes say, it looks like, like, there's a couple relatively independent descriptions of shit in the sky yeah you know what i mean like red green blue green red flashes they all kind of have vaguely similar descriptions though yeah I think that's fair to say but there's a few sightings where they get a bit of a closer look and it's, it seems what they describe as kind of a pyramid a pyramid house Pyramid. The bottom, at the bottom at least frank manor who's one of our main witnesses describes it as yeah. quilted and the top seems to be more hmm, obscure. Like a quilted texture. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. but most of them end up being that the descriptions are either star-like or these weird glows behind trees that rise up and down, which right. is a little bit consistent with swamp gas, so most, there is a little bit of justification behind that explanation. Most of our okay. wit most of our witnesses saw it from further away, and yeah, the star explanation or the swamp gas explanations are a lot more believable in those cases. Sure. And there were like the first two recorded sightings. There might've been other sightings, but these are the ones that are actually on record. A couple of them have police reports that were filled out. Uh, so you've got like the first one that happened on the 14th. That was two deputies that mm -hmm. saw this thing and they actually had Selfridge air force base, see it on radar so they had like oh, a shit. confirmation well, that there was something on, over the lake. No, they didn't see it on radar, but they saw it visually. Oh, they did? Yeah. Well, they were radar operators. That's all that's important. They had radar, but they didn't see shit on <laughs> radar. I gotcha. gotcha. Which, kind of brings, then, uh, which kind of brings one theory that ahead. a lot of people have is experimental aircraft, but so far nobody's admitted to anything like that. Yeah, and no. this was during the Project Blue Book period, and Project Blue Book, okay. I personally believe, is a public re public relations psyop, where the mm -hmm. Air Force was either tasked to explain away UFOs if they couldn't find a legitimate explanation, or find a legitimate explanation, because whether or not people want to accept it, UFOs simply stands for unidentified flying objects. So those things do exist, and once they're identified, they're no longer UFOs. Sure. Right. So you UFOs to, is a real term. You have to keep in mind, too, that so this say is... Say that again. Go ahead. 
All right, you have to keep in mind, too, that this is the full Cold War era, and I suspect oh, yeah. a lot of the reason that Project Blue Book came about is they thought these UFOs might be Soviet, or on the other hand, they thought the Soviets might take advantage of these UFO hysterias to sow discontent. Yeah, and that's ah. part of what the Robertson panel kind of came up with. And a lot of people will point to that passage of actively monitoring UFO groups as a way to spy on citizens, and it was. But the oh, primary yeah. reason was more because of the Red Scare than, hey, we want to know everything that you're up to so that we can do something bad to you. Right. Uh, and shit, we, what was it? Uh, I think you want, I think Ted, you were the one who recommended Mirage Men to us early on. Yeah, and that's like a whole different thing, but it's still tangential to this because. The Robertson panel happened right before Blue Book launched, and it could be argued that most of what Project Blue Book was modeled after was the Robertson panel report. Okay. And by 69, the Project Blue Book was out, and part of that was because of the swamp gas sightings and how the press conference exploded into outrage and congressional hearings and all of those things because people just really got hit, pissed off because they were essentially called dumb hicks. Right. Well, I mean, you know... If you if you see something relatively life changing like something you can't identify moving around the sky, and then the government shows up and is like, "You're an idiot." Yeah, you're basically you're probably a dumb not going to be thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> and there's this uh, thing that I kind of like to think of is, and I've, this I'm not original to thinking this. I've heard this on at least one podcast before, and I think it was like Greg Bishop that said it. Okay. Where people that are out in the country, they know their environment. So when a city yeah. person comes in and says, oh, well, you didn't see a thing that you can't explain. You saw something that I'm going to explain what it is. They take right. offense to it because they're familiar with their environment. Right, right. They they know the area. Yeah. And this is just some jerk water from D.C. Right. Well, he's from Ohio, but that's not, that's uh, not sure, important. You know, whatever. I mean, here's the deal. <laughs> Ohio, great place to be from. That's about it. Yeah, everybody leaves there for a reason. That's that's where I was born. I, I'm not sorry at all. Nope. No one is. Ohio racism. Ohio racism. That's what it's about here now. Well, our uh, podcast so, is going to be centric about Ohio racism because of things like that. Thank God. I mean, it's fair. It's, it, it's where the UFO denial comes from. That's where the Ohio stuff comes from. Uh, so this cascade, so the swamp gas sightings, like this whole thing kind of, so did all the sightings occur, did the sightings, were the sightings still occurring after the press conference? Oh yeah, but, I mean, this hysteria, this, it was kind of a hysteria, there were a lot of sightings of that area during the time, and of course, most of them were sure. horseshit. It was basically a panic. Yeah, uh, it's the weirdest, I mean, what a weird kind of fucking panic, though. Yeah, well, the reason that this kind of cascaded is because they were called dumb. Uh, but what it eventually led into was the Colorado Project for Investigating UFOs, the Col University of Colorado Project. And Con the Condon Committee essentially killed Blue Book in a way. They said, look, the U.S. government shouldn't spend any kind of resources chasing fairies. None of this right. is real, even though they couldn't come up with conclusions on some of the cases themselves. And they admitted right. that. Uh, but... It ended up being an out for the U.S. Air Force because as Blue Book being a public relations campaign, being able to end that and not have the, that level of transparency where they have to answer to the public mm -hmm. was a really good thing for them to just say, look, we're shutting this down. We're going to do this under the under the flight path or under 
Under the radar. Yeah, under the radar. And now we don't have to answer to the public and we can do our own thing. Right. So this effectively got moved to like a fake public or public public private thing. Well, it, there were already private organizations like what's the big one, APRO and NICAP. And I didn't know they were around that long ago. That's fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah, they've been around for a while. And then Sufon came on a little bit later than that. But there yeah. were already private entities. And my personal belief is that the U.S. Air Force didn't end their investigation into UFOs. They just ended the public relations campaign where they were transparent that they were investigating that subject. Hmm. And during Blue Book, it seems like a lot of the work was done with this place called the Batal Research Institute, which is this private research laboratory. Mm-hmm. But the exact details seem very vague because basically the only information I could find on it is just stuff scattered here and there and some documents. And Jenny Zeidman, who was actually a TA for Heineck, Heineck, who was a professor, wrote an article on it. It's the only one of the only more detailed accounts of the whole pri- public private thing going on then that I can find. Hmm. To an extent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 an interesting thing. So, as the so specific to this sighting, this this sighting, uh, this this set of sightings, I guess uh, we got four events, and it looks like we got helicopters. helicopters. This is amazing. The government is watching <laughs> us actively. That's what that noise it's is. It's fine. It's very normal. Very reasonable and normal <laughs> activities are happening here. When you shed light on government activity, like we're doing here. It happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the real stuff. I Just remember, ask uh, so, David Icke and Wilcox, the big one. Government's yeah. are always shutting him down. Man, I have never heard David Icke say the government shut him down. Oh, uh, man. I it's... have heard him, uh, like, sparring with groups who think he's, like, anti-Semitic. And I'm like, <laughs> no, he's just crazy. Oh, man, Wilcox <laughs> is just, I can't stand him. I think uh, the few... I guess news segments that he put out on himself or public relations things that he put out on himself were just mm-hmm. probably 60 or 70%. Hey, the government's trying to stop what I'm saying so that you can't hear it. And then he'll say kind of something interesting, but it's so new agey. It's just comes out to bullshit right. by the time you get through the 45 minutes of all the other shit. Yeah. The fifth dimension and the fairies and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you gotta get your shockers right. For people who aren't familiar with Ted, when he says New Age, it's kind of like when a hardcore hardcore Protestant Christian says Satan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's good that we got that out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. The New Agers are at it again. They are always at it, and they won't stop until we... I'm not gonna say stop buying stop buying their books. Yeah, their entire <laughs> mechanism is driven on book sales. I mean, yeah, we 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 talked a little bit about that on the uh, the show with uh, Dexter. Yeah, I've um, listened to that. He's going to be on our show as more or less a shadow producer and another person, another voice, because he and I are really big into the idea of mounds. Yeah. Not being built by Indians. And that's not us being racist like the ancient ans- astronauts, because any five-year-old that's motivated enough can go build a mound. We sure. just personally don't believe it was the Indians, and I don't care what archaeologists say about it. <laughs> uh, so real, uh, so just for real quick reference, for those of us who don't live in areas where mounds are, like I, I'm familiar with mounds as a concept. Yeah. Explain what mounds are. 
Mountains are basically these concentric hills that mm-hmm. you already know that they're artificial whenever you see them. The earth sure. doesn't just make a bunch of circles that are in groups. And all along the Mississippi right. Valley, there's, and even up to Ohio and farther north yeah. than that, there are groups of mounds. And Moundsville. Different, yeah, Moundsville, West Virginia, which is like yeah, three yeah. hours away from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, I was going to go there after I went to the Mothman Museum, and I didn't want to drive three hours out of my way. That's fair. That's super fair. How but, is the Mothman Museum? Out of uh, curiosity. It's really small, but I think it's well. worth three fifty. Three dollars. Yeah. Well, fuck it. There you go. Uh, I don't know I if mean, you will want to drive all the way from Alaska to go there, but uh, mm, no. If you've got a reason <laughs> to be in the general area, or yeah. even Point Pleasant, it's worth it. It's worth checking out. I'd rather go to the Mothman Festival that they have every year in September. Mm-hmm. But my schedule doesn't allow me to just go out to things. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Point Pleasant is uh, it's an extravagant journey to the the land of Mothman. Yeah. That would be an interesting thing to attend, I would say. Yeah. I pulled in there and I just watched the movie again as a refresher. I read the book like sure. a year ago, but I wanted to kind of yeah. get the movie to see what the differences of what they had in the museum and the the lore. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I went over a bridge and in the movie and in the book, there was a problem with the streetlight whenever the bridge collapsed. And that's why so many people went down because they were basically stuck on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, so Point Pleasant, the only way to get to it, unless you're inland in West Virginia, is going over a bridge, either from the Ohio yeah. side or you're coming from, uh, I can't remember the name of the other city in West Virginia whenever you get into it. But I was really? sitting on this bridge and the light wasn't working. And I was like, oh, fuck, mm. this is exactly how the book went. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always comforting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not even going to get to see the museum. I'm going to be dead in a river. <laughs> I'm gonna die. The Mothman's gonna fucking kill me. It's the full yeah. experience. Yeah, it's it's it's. You get the full ride whenever you go to Point Pleasant. It's yeah, cool, but you can tell funny. it's an old town. Oh sure. I think that's, Mothman is their main industry there, even though it's just that one small building. But it, like I mm-hmm. said, I heard that they're going to be expanding it eventually. So once they expand it, I'll probably make another trip up there. I got family up there, anyways. The, the pilgrimage to Point Pleasant. Yeah, that's hype. That's it's honestly kind of cool. Oh, it was it was fun. Yeah. No, the uh, we uh, yeah, we don't have anything like that up here. Thank God, that'd be strange. Sad. Um, so, I guess across like since we're kind of general, we're in we're in general topic mode. Uh, when you guys have researched sightings and encounters and things like that, uh, do you? generally see like the same stuff across like is there like a a set of similarities across the board that you always see not me particularly and that's why i have extreme opinions about ultra terrestrials but i mean please feel free (laughs) feel free to talk about ultra terrestrials john kill did nothing wrong god damn it when it comes to this whole sightings thing really i mean you have two main groups you have a the people who see something and b you have the people who get abducted now at least Uh, generally to me the a stories are more credible the constant factor you have to keep in mind is human beings basically yes so just like firing a weapon so there are some similarities you'll see between the stories but the similarities they can have a lot of explanations like one explanation could be that 
they're the same types of objects that people are seeing in never is that human beings have the same kind of ah, fuck what's the word human beings have the experience same, no not experience but we're <laughs> very similar biologically so we have the same types of hallucinations Oh, sure. Like, we see the same kinds of patterns and things. Or, of course, like there's... A, yeah. Or you could go with something like the valet control theory, where there's some overall organism or some entity that's trying to control us through these sightings. Hmm. And is, that's such a good one, though. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yes, I think is, between... Uh, this is between more like what the, Ted believes, this third beer. The control, <laughs> the control system and uh, the Trojan horse or... What what else does Kiel have? The super spectrum? Those three theories are like my top three just because they're really cool. I can't buy the naturalistic okay. thing where we just dismiss everything because then life would be a lot less a lot less fun. Alright, so ba- sure. So basically our three theories are that they're real, that human beings are crazy and we share some have some shared hallucination. The third theory is there's some crazy god figure screwing with us. Yeah, hmm. and one of the things about Kiel that a lot of people don't read into, and it's it's really hard to find info on this, is uh, in Valet's journal, that mentions them doing meetings in different countries, and John Kiel attended this meeting in another, I think, South American country. Uh, and John Kiel and another person who was one of John Kiel's pen pals, where they exchanged notes and on Fortiana subjects, they both had this weird yeah. type of agnosticism where they weren't really atheists, but they thought that there was a God and that God was a bad guy and his entire purpose was fucking with human beings for fun. Which, I mean, that's, you know. if you ever read like The Eighth Tower and you get to the end of it, even though he says this in jest and a lot of people take it as John Keel losing his mind, is that there <laughs> is this AI that's breaking down because it is digital in some respect, but it has a... It it kind of projects its own simulation onto reality, and it fucks okay. with people because it's bored and it doesn't know how to do anything else anymore. So when everybody has these different experiences and so many different hundreds of races of aliens that they're describing that are between sure. grays and humans and little black yeah. hairy midgets. Right, uh, reptilians, just, uh, whatever, yeah. John Kill kind of made this idea that, hey, maybe there's an AI somewhere that we can't see because it's outside of the visible light spectrum that's just fucking with us because it's bored and senile just projecting things in yeah hmm that's interesting so is that that's like the foundation of john keel's ultra terrestrials thing right uh to an extent the ultra terrestrials is more an umbrella term for it, it takes into the factors the bizarre bigfoot sightings where besides seeing bigfoot they hear weird noises they see strange lights Sometimes one of the things that's consistent with UFOs and and close encounters is that people will see the UFO. They won't necessarily see it land. And then either minutes later or immediately afterwards, they would see this strange humanoid. Regardless of the description, whether it's human-like or it's more like some kind of weird beast, they would see it after they see a UFO. So that kind of plays into the Earth lights theory that is just a European thing because Europeans want to naturalize everything. They're heathens. Uh, but his, he had more like an umbrella ideology where all Fortiana encounters with strange beings can be described by 
projections of the super spectrum, and we're just going to label it ultra terrestrials. Okay. It's That's interesting. It's it's fun to read about. It sounds a lot like what Strieber says. I have not re- read any of Strieber's stuff, and I've not listened to a lot of his interviews. It's really, and he's kind of he's a little bit wild. Um, he uh, he is very, I want to say, up his own ass. Oh yeah. I mean, most of these dudes are. That's kind of how that's, you need a specific kind of personality to be uh, a UFO like <laughs> celebrity. Well, yeah, um, well, you need a certain type of personality to talk to the public in general. Oh, yeah, that's fair. got <laughs> <laughs> to be a little bit um, I mean, why would you do this if yeah, you're not a ten. narcissist? That's also, that's very fair and true. Um, but uh, so it, Strieber's bit fundamentally it went from being like, oh, I'm a horror author to the horror stories I write are actually about aliens. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, he wrote a book about werewolves, and he was like, nope, it's actually about an alien encounter. And you're just like, all right, Streber, fucking dial it back. One of the things that I do, I'm familiar enough about Streber is that whenever he wrote the communion book that had that gray alien yeah. on it, that's when grays became more and more, Pop. what's the term? Uh, Popular. They, well, they became uh, more frequent in sightings, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they came, they, the... Uh, Grays ended up being they more entered the, frequently sighting than they did before. Yeah, yeah, they entered the uh, the the overmind or whatever the, the hive <laughs> the mind. Fucking, yeah, the the, the human uh, group consciousness or what the fuck it was. It yeah. was it was you know, and then you, know, you figure like that happened, and then right after that, it was what they had the fucking the fake UFO or the fake alien autopsy on Fox and shit. Yeah, and all that that kind of harkens into the control system theory. Where the control sure. system has a way of checking the results of the things that it's interjecting into the consciousness of either individuals or society. So hmm. it could be said that there was like a feedback loop where it said, okay, this is now going to be the most common sighting. And it went from Streber, even though there were sightings of Grays before then, but it could have went from yeah. Streber and then just cascaded from there and became more and more popular. I mean, and now when people think aliens, they think Grays. Sure. No, there's a uh, a friend of mine uh, introduced me to a term that was like, or introduced me to an idea that was like, uh, when he was he was a, he grew up in an evangelical church and uh, one that or not evangelical. What's it called? Shit. The the ones with the uh, the voices and the the fucking Pentecostal. Oh, shoot. Speaking in tongues, etc. Pentecostal. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. Pentecostals. There we go. He grew up in a Pentecostal church and uh, he used to go to Pentecostal summer camp. And uh, he had there was a phenomenon described to him by one of the, the counselors that was like mir- miracles spread, mm-hmm. and it's when someone would have a miracle or a whatever an encounter with God or something, uh, and then it that same thing would replicate across the population because of the like you know, you know there's positive associations with it. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a meme but psychic. It's like yeah, it's like a meme for your brain, which you know it's what memes were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before the internet ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I could see that kind of being like a similar effect, right? Yeah. So you, it, this is the most popular, like this is the most prevalent UFO thing. Street, I mean, Streber's a popular author, or was at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he got, his ideas got transplanted into TV shows and shit. And yeah, of course. And then X-Files <laughs> was big then. 
So of course, you know, and more people are going to see grays. Yeah, and even like uh, the Slender Man is a good example of how that's it's an artificial creation that permeates consciousness. And there oh, are sure. people that really believe that they saw Slender Man. Who's to say that they didn't? They might be psychotic. They might have yeah, actually sure. seen an ultra terrestrial that presented itself as Slender Man to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bold. Yeah. Uh, I, it's good to see the ultra-terrestrials are keeping up on the latest memes. Yeah, they just want to fuck with uh, us. That's really all it comes down to. That's an, I mean, look, I well, mean, you know, honestly, that may be the most reasonable assumption. Yeah. <laughs> if they're, if aliens are real, they're just dicks like us. Well, they're not yeah, on and... to the latest memes. They're creating the latest memes. Oh, oh man. Wow. Oh, well, shit. That's, 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 uh, that's the real shit. It's like Newspeak, <laughs> but it's by like some kind of weird super entity that we can't see. It's meme speak. What a, what a jerk. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, I guess, uh, let's see. Since, hmm, since we're kind of off the 66 sightings, are, are there any other, like, big events like this that kind of snowballed into so much of, like, UFO, ufology or whatever? Like, it had, like, a big effect like this. Well, obviously you have Roswell, but... Sure, but, sure. I mean, I've been kind of with comparing the two cases. One thing I've noticed is Roswell, the big problem you have is there's just so much information. And you know a lot of it's bullshit. It can be hard to just oh, yeah. even figure out where do you start. Whereas this right. is the opposite. Where, 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 does the, where does the reasonable, credible information start? Yeah, and, and where does the, are you trying to sell me a bumper sticker stuff start? And here yeah, the opposite problem is there's actually been like no major books on this, despite its importance. And it's gone maybe a few chapters in a couple <laughs> major books. But otherwise, with digging for information, I've actually been having to dig through newspaper accounts from way, way back. I think Nick Redfern did this book on uh, Roswell that I really want to read, but it's the title has nothing to do with Roswell. Yeah, it's Nick Redfern, so... Man, I, that I'd dude, read all his uh, books if I could. Is, he is... He is a weird dude. I can't... Like, I cannot tell exactly how much... Like, I mean, he's he's clearly on the book grind. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude writes books all the fucking time. I think he writes books to make enough money to where he can have a job but live nicely. Yeah, I mean that's what because I mean it's what all of them, writing all books is not his doing, primary right? source of income at all. It can't be. He doesn't sell that many books, but he writes enough that it might be like a quantity over quality type thing. Sure, but his sure, ideas sure. are actually pretty legitimate. I uh, the first time I encountered his stuff was as like he was talking about black eyed children. Oh yeah, I think he's got a Which, book on, on that own, too. He's got he's you know he's that he was on a, a show promoting it. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, and then he's like, and, and then like the next time I heard him, he was talking about his newer book on the men in black and stuff like that. <laughs> that kind of phenomenon is like, I mean, you know, so the UFO phenomenon and the, the crossover and other stuff. Right. So we've got like Nick Redfern's his take on this is like whenever, like for what I can tell, at least is like whenever there's a UFO thing, the men in black phenomenon is like a quick follow up. Yeah. And it's it, um, it reminds me a lot of what G- John Keel said in uh, A Haunted Planet. If you ever see gypsies walking across your ni- your lawn in- at midnight, then you're probably going to see a UFO flap. Are you what? Wait, sure. yeah. What? <laughs> oh man, John Keel had it out for gypsies. I love it. John Keel. <laughs> what? 
Like I, I go to John Keel for all the weird shit, and then I go to all of Shaq your gypsy opinions. For, yeah, I go to I go to John Keel for all the weird opinions, and then I go to John uh, Jack Valet for everything that could be more or less legitimate or verified. <laughs> I'm just blown away that John Keel's like trying out here, like in books, blaming UFOs on gypsies. Yeah. But, it's but great. I've, I love I've noticed it. that with a lot of Europeans. It's like you'll be talking to them and they'll be these perfectly progressive, perfectly normal. They'll seem perfectly chill. And then somehow Gypsies gets brought up and they'll go the full redneck racist. You can't. Oh, my God. You can't Those trust damn them. Gypsies. <laughs> 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 so, so there was a uh, when I was when I was growing up as a children's um the, the common threat to get me to like consume vegetables or go to bed was they were going to sell me to gypsies because we lived in uh, Europe when I was very, very young. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, were, there, were real, there were gypsies that were visible so I could see them, so they were a real threat. <laughs> <laughs> There's none of this like, the wolf man's going to come eat you. It was like, we're going to sell you to those fucking gypsies. <laughs> That's awesome. In yep. a really sad way. It was funny. Oh yeah. I mean, Still like is. as an adult, I could look back and be like, "That's fucking hilarious." <laughs> That's see, there's, uh, there's plenty of racism in Fortiana. Yeah, it's super problematic, but it's real funny. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess, like, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of blown away that John Keel has managed to find a way to bring like classic European gypsy race, anti-gypsy racism into the ufology movement. It's fantastic, um, isn't it? It's just amazing. <laughs> groundbreaking. I'm surprised more people haven't pulled on that thread and written best-selling books. Best-selling novels about how the gypsies are the, the, the forerunners for the fucking greys. Just title it Gypsies, the forebearers of doom. Jesus. Just go full racist on it. That's, yeah, that's, very confusing levels of racism. We're just like, no, you see gypsies. That's how you know you're going to get abducted by aliens. What? <laughs> Has Red Ice done a show on this yet? Oh, God. Give it time. Those motherfuckers. Jesus. I can't wait. I will I, listen like, to I don't it. know what happened. Like, I saw so it. Like, I found Red Ice Radio as like a thing, and I was just like, oh, Red Ice, these guys talk about, like, you, you know conspiracy stuff this will be funny and like one year they were like what if we got david duke on and i'm like what if we didn't <laughs> that's great what if we gave david duke a show what if all of our shows were like that now and i'm like what happened here but i remember but like they were doing some interview with david ike and they kept asking him okay okay yeah yeah but what about the jews oh my god <laughs> and then david ike kept going eh, no no nothing to do with this <laughs> Yeah, I think because Ike, I, I, like I said, I think Ike is a true believer. I don't think, I don't think Ike too. thinks like the like like you know, I think I think he is real one hundred percent convinced that fucking reptilians are out here, which is great. It makes him a very likable person, actually. Yeah. Um, I had I, <laughs> so, like, I rotate my my Facebook picture as dumb things I make in Photoshop pretty routinely. Mm-hmm. I had one that was just like a picture of three David Ikes. Uh, oh, with the running jackets or whatever? Crystals. Yeah, with the running oh, jackets. Man. It was the, you know, that, that phase. Yeah, it's a classy one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I had to, like, fend off fucking <laughs> friends of mine who were like, he's anti-Semitic. I'm like, no, he's crazy, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> You're confusing racism with actually thinking that reptilians run the world. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is different. They're completely different. <laughs> 
I remember I split his uh, <gasps> nine hour, nine and a half hour Wembley conference over an entire weekend. And by the end oh. of it, I was like, maybe he's got a point. Because whenever yeah, you maybe, listen to somebody, points are pretty convincing. The, th- <laughs> yeah. the thing is, whenever you listen to somebody for nine hours and you're like, I'm going to get through this by the last hour and a half, you're like, I'm invested in this point. I'm going to finish it up and actually yeah. give it a thought. Yeah, no, by the end, you're like, David, I could be right about the moon. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> you're looking at pictures on your timeline and you're just like, that's probably a reptilian. Mm-hmm, that guy's mm-hmm. definitely got a meat jacket. <laughs> it doesn't fit right. You're like, Looking in the sky, and you're just like, mm-hmm, I know what you are, Moon. I know your deal. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not forgot about you, Saturn. I know your deal, too. Space is liquid. Uh, space is liquid. <laughs> God damn it. I'm surprised he's not gotten in on that train, because that's like, that's a fucking, that's a, that's a deep, a deep vein of YouTube nonsense that I love, because that guy's still going. He is, but he just, he died out. You don't hear anything about him. You have to literally go to his page to see what kind of crazy shit he's talking about these days. <laughs> He's still crazy. It's great. He, he got off the lunar um, wave thing, and whenever he got off the lunar wave thing, I was like, eh, your stuff's not fun anymore. Yeah, you're not interesting anymore. His, you're just a regular shows, conspiracy guy. His shows eventually <laughs> went the way of Wilcox talking about censorship 90%, 99% of the time. Oh, God. Uh, I remember, was it him and the, his buddy were on fucking, uh, what is that other show? Higher Side Chats? What's the st- Higher thank you, yes, higher side. Uh, like, the first place I saw him talking on anything was not about the lunar wave stuff. It was about the fucking spider alien thing. Oh, yeah, the Russian the spider alien. stuff. Yeah, I miss Good that. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, don't we all miss the time when Hattie Bob was in the news? I mean, it's completely plagiarized from David Icke, but that's fine. Oh, it's yeah. It's still fun. No, it's, they, they subbed out fucking... They, it's, it's plagiarized from David Icke and, like, the Spirit Science YouTube channel. Yeah. I think some Russian <laughs> came upon David Icke and was like, I can do better than this. I know yeah, I can do better can than write. this. You know what's scarier than lizards? Spiders. Yeah. That's me. You're just like, fuck, got them. That's exactly how it worked. <laughs> Thanks, Russia. And then like, let's make up a dumb name and it's not a real person and moving on. Yeah. <laughs> the moon puts out thought waves and the sun downloads yeah. shit into your subconscious and it's somehow different than David Icke. Saturn is a beacon for consciousness mm-hmm. and in the moon is a broadcasting a, a a wavelength that keeps you locked in the third dimension yeah and is also full of reptilians the only way to actually escape the third dimension is either death or mushrooms i mean that's that's how reasonable. mario did it that's how i did it yeah. um <clears throat> and we had uh what was it uh i think like the first time i saw his credo mutwa thing i was like I was like, this is, this is a bit much, David Ike. I like it. Keep going. Keep, keep talking to this weird African dude. And I was real sad he never went back for a second special with him. <laughs> it's always a shame. It is. Because you're like, oh, man, you know who, you know who I need to see more of on the internet? Kratom Matwa. Yeah. Because like, the last time I saw him mention in an article, he was like, talk, like, <laughs> you're like Kratom Matwa says that uh, Hitler may have been framed. And I'm just like, oh, Lord. <laughs> that just makes <laughs> what this is much- going on in Africa? <laughs> It makes it that much better. It makes it very insane. I think um, every interesting thing should have some form of obscure racism interjected into it to keep it going. I mean, that's reasonable. I mean, I think the gypsies are a, like a, a deep vein. Really, we could we could just blame much on the gypsies and their ceaseless menace. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, because John Kill said so. 
Gypsy racism might be the most common form of racism that gets the least analysis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. I believe that. I mean, because, like, you know, I mean, I'll be real. Like, I don't, I am personally, I'm not anti or pro gypsy. <laughs> uh, what I am is I am gypsy skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> Gypsies aren't real. Uh, the gypsies did Blue Book. I was, yeah, that's what it does. I was really trying to drive people to depression with the seriousness of this this episode, but uh, you just uh-huh, killed it. Didn't it. work. <laughs> I just can't do it. I just can't let it happen. I'm I'm too much of a, a beacon of sunshine. You have to keep your customers uh, coming. That's right. You have to you have to make make the dick jokes about the UFOs somehow, or at least like some kind of obscure European racism. You think that's a tractor beam? It's not, friend. It's, I've got some news about your sexuality. It's a bofa. <laughs> That's oh my god. I have been fucking dying all day because of like the corporate pride the corporate like Pride Month stuff. Oh god. Bank of America was like both for pride and I'm like, you can't do this to me. <laughs> you can't Oh man. You can't just say that out loud like it's a thing. I mean, yeah. Did either of y'all catch the uh, Art Bell show that was in the 90s? And it may not have been oh, a specific man. show, but it may have been a caller. It's been a while since I listened to it. But there mm-hmm. was this idea that a lot of programmers were thinking that the in- internet would become its own sentient intelligence. And who's to say that that didn't actually happen in the 90s and we've been gaslighted the entire time? We've been being gaslighted by the internet, a a, a secretly intelligent, a, like a giant world-spanning AI that has now learned that we are all assholes and now just fucks with us. Yeah, like not maybe 95% of everything you see in the headlines. Yeah, it's, it could Jesus. be. Maybe the, the internet was invented by humans as predicated by John Keel as a replacement oh, no. for the existing Eighth Tower that's going senile. The Eighth Tower created the internet through humans. As a replacement for itself, yep. just to make sure that yeah. there'd be another 2,000 years of fuckery. Yes. Well, see, it would. Uh, the idea was that the Eighth Tower was originally designed to micromanage humanity so that it would kind of foster okay. it, but at some point it started going senile. And all that's gotcha. extremely Fortean, and if anybody's ever read Charles Fort, you know that most of his ideas are more satire as making fun of science than they are real. And I think John Keel's sure. done a good job of that, but a lot of people read Keel and they're like, Keel's kind of crazy. He believes some weird stuff. Keel probably doesn't believe that stuff, but he was making a case against the current leading scientific claims for whatever. Sure. Gotcha. <laughs> so he's like the I, truest sense of a Fortean. That's fucking wild. That is, uh, I mean, that you know, it's like finding a way to be in, a, in an obscure subculture in an obscure subculture. Yeah. Which is honestly impressive at some points. Um, so we talked about, we've talked about like the, the Fort, like, you know, Charles Fort, Fortiana, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like, I, so this is just from, from what I can tell, I don't think most people know that Fort is making fun of anybody. Yeah. Like if, or that Keel makes fun of people. If you read Charles Fort's stuff, the way that he... And you have to understand that he's a satirist going into it. If you completely miss that, maybe sure. you'll think that he's absolutely batshit and just coming up with some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's literally him making fun of science. That's amazing. And he goes about it real well. He uses the history of science and all the time that scientists were wrong as a 
way to mock science itself. It's like, hey, remember that time that y'all thought meteorites weren't real because rocks don't fall from the sky? Ha ha. Gotcha. And that somehow leads into a creature from the lake assaulting idiots. Yeah. Well, that's more I mean, of a newer like development. That's, that could be more <laughs> f- like fairy lore, like the Lady of the Lake kind of deal. Sure. Because a lot of it's really just recycled fairy lore. And that's oh, more. Oh, yeah. Of, no, that's like that's. That's more Valet's argument is that maybe with the progression of science and culture, that recycles yeah. mythology and crea- creates new folklore out of old right. ideas. Oh, there's definitely like a, there's a case to be made for like um, UFO abductions as a a reskinned fairy story. Yeah, because like I mean, if you've read any kind of like fairy mythology from any country, generally speaking, they read a lot like just replace you know fairy with alien and magical world with UFO. Yeah, and there is the whole. And, yeah. Fairies had like underground cities, and the lore of that sure, time sure. had underground cities. And one of the first right. UFO books that I am aware of that is a contact UFO book is mm-hmm. uh, Albert Bender's "The Three Men and Flying Saucers and the Three Men." And one of the okay. one of the details in that is that underground in Antarctica was the base of the aliens. So oh you yeah, had fairies taking people to their underground layers, and then. One of the first UFO contactee books was taking underground to a alien's lair. It's wild, right? I mean, we, we've, you've, if you've once you've like delved into like UFO shit at some point, you you've heard at least one story about like Mount Shasta and stuff yeah. like that, right? At least, um, at least. Yeah. That's uh, so. For those of you not go ahead. super familiar, there's what was it like uh, Mount Shasta is one of the like the hot spots in America for sightings, quote-unquote, or whatever. And then there's also the Mount Shasta is secretly an alien stronghold group. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it, it is something. Aliens <laughs> built Mount Shasta. This is my ideology. This is, yeah, that's it. That, we've got them. We've got them. The Zeta Reticulans <laughs> are at it again. Just perpetually at it, building mountains in California. They must shit. be stopped. <laughs> we have enough mountains, friends. Please stop. Oh, uh, that opens like a whole new can of worms. Like that, uh, the there are no trees on flat Earth thing. Where all mountains uh, are yeah. just old dead tree stubs. Jesus Christ! Oh, man. I saw that. Yeah, that was a fucking. That was an adventure. Hell yeah, it was great though. I uh, I remember like the height of like the flat earther meme resurfacing as like a thing. When that came out, I was like, this is the dumbest, like, I was like, I'm like, looking outside at like a a yard full of giant fuck off trees, and I'm just like, hey, guys, fellas, I have some sad news. (laughs) Yeah, there's some trees out here. (laughs) I've got them. We've got them. Sorry, your video sucks now. Hey, Joe, do you have trees out where you're at? Uh, yeah. This is Oregon. Man. Yeah, I, I, (laughs) I'm at a loss. I can't, I can't carry the flat earth theory. Yep. Sorry, flat earthers. We have... We have, t- we have we only have like two or three flat earth listeners still which saddens me greatly well at least um, you're keeping them going you're probably giving them something yeah. to bitch about we that and we've probably given them some some good taste in music that's the key yeah. really so what we want everyone to take away from the show is like good music and also that your ideas are dumb if you believe if you're a flat earther yeah um 
uh, fucking, I remember, God, I remember seeing that. I was just so fucking, I was so happy that 2016, there was a 2016 that involved like one, the election year, which was a shit show. And at the same time, there was a, that rapper, like a, 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 yeah, right. There was a well-known scientist and a well-known rapper bitching at each other on the internet, writing rap songs at each other. Oh man. And I was just like, I'm trying to, I think it was like like, Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's that's exactly who it was. Oh man, I remember that. That was uh, outstanding. I didn't listen to any of them. They're very bad. They're very bad. <laughs> I think flat Earth rocket rap as a genre just doesn't sound appealing. Uh, you are familiar with Eric Dubay, I assume. Eric Dubay, no. So Eric Dubay is a flat earther and uh, racist. Uh, <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, did you do a show <laughs> on this guy? We did. <laughs> Probably missed that album. He put out a rap album, and like at first, it's like flat Earth, flat Earth, flat Earth. Then he's like, and Hitler was not bad, and you're like, whoa, bud. And it's just like in the middle, it's like it's a total switch, and you're like, I don't know what what's going on here. It really makes you think that everything is an op. Yeah, I mean, I think Dubay kind of is. Uh, that or he's just fucking crazy and has learned how to market himself in a very efficient way, which is by occasionally just being like, you know, who's pretty good and framed totally Adolf Hitler. And you're like, well, I don't know. I don't think so. I, don't. I think Hitler was probably a bad dude, fellas. So, fellas, we're kind of in the, the end the end cycle here. Uh, plug your stuff. Oh, yeah. The, at the Gaslight Hour at Twitter. That's the, the place that you'll actually find us once we get some episodes out. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, but I'm not going to give my handle out. If you can find Ted, you can you can follow him. That's the key. Yeah. That the mission is you have to find him. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at opsec. I don't believe in opsec. It's <laughs> a government conspiracy. That's a long story. <laughs> God damn it! All right. Well, thank you guys for being on, uh, listeners. You can check us out Friday. Check us out Monday. You know the deal. Uh, goodbye. I love you. <laughs>